Welcome to All Access Network Podcast. So excited that you decided to join us. You will absolutely love and you're in for a treat for today's guest. Uh, we are on a mission to positively impact the world through sports and culture. We're a multimedia network, we're a YouTube channel, uh, a podcast, and we also have live shows. Uh, if you haven't followed us on YouTube, you can find us at uh, All Access Network. If you haven't followed us on Twitter, you can find us at All Access underscore net, uh, where we also do some of our live shows uh, along with Facebook at All Access Network. But so excited to have you with us today. Uh, we love for people to be able to write their story, uh, leave their mark, and create their legacy. We're on a mission. We appreciate you joining us. And again, please share, like, and subscribe uh, whenever you get a chance. And stay on this journey with us. It's going to be an awesome ride. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. Back at it again, College Hoops Coast to Coast with my man Kevin Sweeney. We got special guest Cody Topper from Memphis in the building. Sweeney, Cody, what up, fellas? How are you doing? I just got to I got to say I'm incredibly impressed with that intro. That is way better than like say the intro to Succession or Billions. I mean, you guys really got this thing rolling here. So, outstanding work. We got to talk Succession at some point cuz it was like midsummer. I was watching it for the first time and I tweeted something about Succession and I get a text immediately from Topper like Yo, is there a new season out? Like, am I missing something? I was like, nah, man, I'm just behind. Like, it's good. It's big time. I love it. Yeah, we're, I'm we're, locked we're, in on all of these, whether it's Squid Games to you to any creepy television. I'm there. If it's not basketball, uh, you know, it's Netflix and chill. What about uh, what about Ted Lasso? Did you get into that like a lot of coaches have gotten into it? Absolutely. Me and Larry Brown are so into Ted Lasso, it's not even funny, right? Larry, though <laughs> – the funny thing about Larry is he's he's got one episode to watch. He's got to watch the last episode. We're all really mad at Nate right now, right? Rightfully and so. He, rightfully so. And rightfully so. And he just refuses to watch the last episode until our director of recruiting comes back over to his house because they watched every episode together. Oh, nice. So he won't watch it without Jeremy Kipnis. It's the funniest thing. <laughs> I'm like, you've got to watch it, Coach. you got to watch it so we can have something to talk about. Now, what about Penny? Does Penny watch Ted Lasso? Be honest. I don't see Penny Hardaway watching Ted Lasso. I don't think Coach is a Ted Lasso guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, you know, Ted Lasso's got a little bit of swag, though. You know, Coach Penny's got swag. all the swag. So, he does yeah. have swag. There's no doubt. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they would relate if they were in person, but I don't know if he's taking the time to watch Ted Lasso. Yeah, there's no doubt. No doubt. I love it. I love it. Well, Memphis Tigers, number one recruiting class in the country. Congratulations on that. Um, exciting year. You got this star-studded staff. Let's start with the staff. You talked about Larry Brown. Rasheed Wallace is now uh, a part of the staff. John Forrest snuck in the back door. He's on the staff now. Uh, you got all kind of you know high-level, uh, experienced staff members. You got a Hall of Fame player, Hall of Fame coach, NBA champions. You got Penny. You got yourself. Let's not forget Cody Topper's got a long list of resume, too. So let's talk about the staff real quick before we uh, pass the mic to Kevin and let him take over. 
Yeah, we also added Rob Hornet from, uh, you know, he's, we've been in the NBA at the Golden State Warriors organization as well uh, as our strength coach. Uh, and you, you alluded to Sean Forrest. Um, I mean, it's unbelievable experience to go in uh, every day and work with them. Um, you know, if you would have told me when I was, uh, you know, 12 years old that I'd be working for Penny Hardaway, first of all, I'd have told you you're absolutely insane. Uh, but now to get to work alongside Rasheed Wallace, somebody who I also, you know, grew up watching, rooting for. You know, I remember watching his North Carolina Tar Heels, uh, you know, dominate. I've got a great Rasheed Wallace story. It's hilarious. Uh, and then, um, you know, uh, Coach Brown. I mean, when I right when I finished playing uh, overseas in, in 2012, you know, he was getting things ramped up at SMU. And uh, as you know, Brian, I was I was running my uh, my development company out of Dallas, and I would go to all of his practices. And he always had an open door policy. And, you know, on the first day I said, I bet you I bet you don't remember me. I did have hair back in 2012, <laughs> but I bet you don't remember, you know, the one time I went into your office, just introduced myself and say hello. And he had me sit down. We talked basketball for about an hour. And that's just the type of guy he is. So to be around these these people every day is uh, it's just it's an unbelievable um, opportunity for me. Right. To learn from their experiences and, you know, to see different and new ways of doing things and you know, hear how how it was to coach the great ones. I mean, Coach Brown's been at it for 53 years. It's incredible. Um, and on the on the back end, too, now, you know, he's got to learn how to do a scouting report. And he told me he's never done one. So, you know, we're going to have we're going to have some fun. Right. Uh, you know, I don't think he'll be ramping up the sports code uh, coding on his computer and stuff. Like that. So we, we've got we've got a good core group of guys that are right there with him. We'll we'll help him out along the way. So it's uh, it's been a blast to this point. And, you know, we're just looking forward to further great things. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I'm sure their relationship has got to be unbelievable to think they'd be on the same coaching staff together. And, and Larry may have thought that at some point when he coached him because he's such a high IQ player. But I'm curious, what is that like? Well, it, you know, the, the funny thing is we tell them, we tell them that finally they're wearing the right shade of blue. The whole time they've been wrong, they didn't even realize it. Right? They've just been wrong because they're both Carolina guys. Right. right? So if you think about it. Um, you know, Coach Brown is, is is a big Dean Smith guy, obviously. And uh, funny story about Rasheed Wallace. I'll tell this story before we move on. When yeah. it comes to, you know, the Dean Smith, Rasheed is a freshman. And, I mean, this is like the, the story of legends, right? And, like, you know, he was big on side to side, get the ball moving, right? A lot of passes, few dribbles. Ball comes around to Rasheed, boom. He, he knocks in a, you know, 15, 17-foot baseline jumper. Dean Smith, boop, he blows the practice dead. No, what are we doing? What are we doing? Looks over Rashid. Rashid's like, uh, what? What are you talking about? He says, "What kind of shot was that? You think you can make that shot?" And he goes, "Yeah." And he, <laughs> he didn't. Says, "You okay?" He thinks he can make that shot. Let's. You think you can make ten of those? And so they start throwing him balls, and Rashid start shoots it, knocks it down, shoots it, <laughs> knocks it down, shoots it, knocks it down. And on the tenth yeah. one, he shoots it left-handed and Thanks. makes it. Dean wow. Smith says. Ball into the next drill. <laughs> so, you know, every day we're having a lot of fun. Crazy thing about Coach Brown and his stories, too. You know, with my grandfather, when he reached about 80, there were three stories and they each rotated, right? So every Monday I knew what story I was getting. <laughs> I got the same story every Wednesday and every Friday. But with Coach Brown, it's unbelievable. I haven't heard the same story twice. It's remarkable. That is remarkable. That is remarkable. All right, I'm going to pass the mic to Sweeney let him get – you got your daughter in the background. I don't know if you knew that, by the way. There are visitors it. everywhere. Halloween just ended. I thought that was a gremlin for a minute. <laughs> I love it. I love the real it. star of the show. The real star of the show. Um, but you mentioned, you know, like 
these guys have been around the best and you know this this group certainly has some guys that have the aspiration to be some of the best in the NBA down the line you know and in my base Jalen Duran in particular um for you as someone who's coached in the NBA and coached the coached the Devin Booker and you know for the rest of the staff who's coached you know some huge names as well what have been the things that you've tried to work on with those two guys in particular from an NBA preparation standpoint you know, uh, I think the big thing is emphasizing being a 24-hour pro, right? Because there is the time when obviously you're practicing, you're lifting weights, you're working out, or you're playing a game and all that. But the real great ones, what they do is they have a 24-hour professional mentality, right? So that's what, that's what they're eating, the time spent away from the game, how they're preparing their body to be at its apex, obviously, when the lights are on. And I think that's something that we're emphasizing every single day is uh, the habits that are going to carry these guys uh, not just to get them to the next level, but then maximize their career and what they can do with the game of basketball in general. So, and and to their credit, uh, every single guy that we have on our team, you know, is totally bought into that. I mean, it's unbelievable when you've got guys like you know, you know, you got Coach Brown who can talk about what it was like, uh, you know, to deal with Allen Iverson. But it's not just about Allen, right? Uh, the reason they were so successful was because of the other guys who recognized Allen's special talent, allowed Allen to be Allen, but also were able to to do their job and and fill their role, which allowed them to maximize as a team, right? So we can hear about those stories directly from the guy who coached them, or you can hear about Chauncey Billups' leadership, right? Or Tayshawn Prince's leadership, you know, uh, within a championship organization from the guys who lived it. Um, you know, it's it's incredibly valuable because you, you accompany that with Coach Hardaway, you know, being, you know, six-time NBA All-Star, you know, first-team All-NBA. And it's like you've just got this perfect – storm of, of people that, you know, it's one thing to hear it, um, but it's another thing to hear from people who lived it. So I think there's a uniqueness there that really puts everybody on, you know, on a, at attention, right, in terms of, you know, we've got really got to perk up and take this stuff to heart. And, and, and with Imani, how do you think he's dealt with the outside noise, right? Like it's inevitable that, you know, really since SI put him on the cover at 15, that and he was going to be treated a little bit differently by the rest of the world. Uh, now that he's in college and anticipating the limelight that that's going to be on him for the next you know four months of the season, how has he managed that? And how have you guys as coaches tried to you know support him through that, especially as I think the youngest player in college basketball this season? Yeah, well, I think the main thing is, right, because of all of the pressure and expectations that were put on him at a young age, right, this is nothing new to him. And in fact, what seems to be, I think, new is the intimacy of the environment that he gets to be in now, right? So there's almost like a protective bubble, right, that, that, that is our building, right, our practice facility. So when he goes in there, right, all the noise can be canceled out because unless you got the fingerprint that gets you the access to the building, right, you're, you're all good, right? So, um, you know, he, and, and what I love about him is he, he likes to lose himself in his work, right? So today was an off day. He got in. He did a film session. He did additional player development workouts. And so, you know, that's somebody who really wants to be great, but has is taking the action steps, right, to be great. And, um, you know, for him, as far as uh, handling the pressure, I think he's used to, I think if there's anything that we're seeing right now, uh, it's that, you know, him being able to play with other good players, right, is actually going to show his true greatness because he really just wants to make the right play. And there have been times on his team where he's, then the first, second, third, fourth, fifth scoring option, right? Nobody else to turn to, attacking double teams, right, and things like that. And so, you know, shot selection, 
was just a product of uh, his environment in terms of the makeup of those teams that he was on, right? Not who he is, right? And what he wants to do is make the right play, and he's got a high basketball IQ. But above all else, he just wants to be great. And so I have no doubts that he's going to uh, have a great season and then ultimately go on and have a great career. And certainly one of the things you're known for in particular is, is player development. Um, when you're when you're dealing with a team where everyone has to buy into such specific roles because there's so many talented guys, right? Like Amani is in a different role than he's ever been in. You know, Jalen Duran's in probably a slightly different role than he's ever been in. You know, a guy like Earl Timberlake's been the best player on his team all his life and he could be a first round pick and he's going to have to buy into a different role, right? Like from a player development standpoint, how do you balance the like, this year we need to you to be able to do this to like the nba this is what you're going to be asked to do because that's something that obviously kentucky's dealt with over the years with you know the five-star guys they brought in how have you guys balanced that you know that uh equation of winning college games versus the pro development that's necessary for these guys to you know exceed their potential well i think the first thing is uh, you know the way coach hardaway put together this roster right a roster is like a jigsaw puzzle right so what you don't want is a lot of overlapping skill sets because then you have certain guys whose strengths are maybe to do the same job. But when we get on the floor, right, we need guys who can space the floor. We need guys who are playmaking for others. You know, we need dynamic rolling. We need rebounding. We need defense, all those things. And so, you know, what you see with, like, the NBA roster construction is uh, general managers trying to find fits, right, and not just accumulate talent, right, because you do have to fit these pieces together uh, appropriately. So I think that we've got guys who understand what their roles are and understand how to star in those roles which I think is uh, the first component. But the second component is really, and this is kind of, you know, what, what I like to preach is you've got to treat your basketball day in your development almost like a fancy steak dinner, right? Because there are guys who will go to, uh, you know, you go, you go to a fancy dinner, right? And maybe you have a lot of appetizers and you have, you know, you eat, you eat a salad, you get a soup and you're full, right? Before the main course, right? But for everybody each day, the main course is our practice is our team practice, is making sure that we're able to execute under duress when we need it, all of our offensive and defensive components, that's huge, right? And uh, so we have to make sure that we don't fill up on the appetizers and the salad, right? That's getting in early, getting your film work. We want to do all that stuff, but we don't want to overwork ourselves, right, to where we're too exhausted before we go into that team practice. And then what you also want to do, right, is after practice, we treat it like dessert. Right. So if you handle all your business, you, you eat your vegetables, you get desserts. But if you don't, you don't. And so you've got to give us max effort in the practice because there are certain players then who will save some of what they do. Right. Some of their some of their energy for the after practice work. And what they don't necessarily do is give you everything during practice. So during the meat day, meat of the day, during that practice, we need everybody to empty their tank. Right. If you do it appropriately then we'll allow you to have your dessert, right? And that's where we're going to work on some of those advanced NBA concepts that you talked about um, and, and help these guys then really progress their game. But at the end of the day, it's going to be what we do on the court this year at the University of Memphis that allows those guys to get to where they're trying to get to. Yeah, from from a, from a scheduling standpoint, obviously looking ahead, it's easy to, to – it's, it, it's I know as coaches, like, all right, November 9th, November 10th, like we got to deal with those those days and we'll move on to the rest. But you guys have some some big, big challenges, you know, from a from a scheduling standpoint, when you're putting together an Alabama game, a Tennessee game, um, how much of of that plan uh, is 
built around making sure you're giving showcase opportunities to, you know, the, the talent that you have in this roster? Well, I think, you know, obviously I'm, I'm just, you know, my third year here, but if there's one thing that I've realized, the first thing about putting together a good schedule, especially when you're playing in the American Conference, is the more quad one games you can add, the better it is, right, in terms of a tournament resume, right? right? And, you know, I had a conversation with Coach Brand actually about that. You can only, we can only play who's on our schedule, right? So last year, for instance, you know, the, the Bahamas tournament turned into something completely different. Not only did we not get to the beach, they shipped us to where the snow was at in Sioux Falls, and then they changed all the teams around, right? So um, I know Coach Hardaway wants us to play the toughest teams that we possibly can. The funny thing about the game of basketball is, you know, I think that in general, uh, teams have a tendency to play up or play down to the level of their competition a lot of times. And I don't really care, like, you know, which team it is, right? If you're a mid-major team, a low-major, a high-major, right? And so, you know, the higher level of competition, the more opportunity there is for our players to step up to that level of competition. And I know Coach Hardaway wants our guys to have opportunities to showcase themselves. Um, but really where they're going to showcase themselves for the next level is every day in practice. Because if we have five practices out of a day, we've got NBA scouts at at least three to four of them. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's not just because we have the talent, but we're also in an NBA city. We play in an NBA arena, right? So when an NBA team lands in a city – Right. Usually there's front office staff that travel with them. And so because of that, whoever comes to play the Grizzlies, you know, they're going to send their front office representatives up to our practice. So there really is never an off day in terms of evaluation, you know, when it comes to being a part of our program. Um, and I know that we're looking forward to uh, not just winning the next day, winning the next practice, but ultimately getting into these games. And, you know, they're just fun. Right. The games are the games are really the, the cherry on top. But it's a lot of work behind the scenes that goes into helping these guys elevate their games and, and obviously winning games in general. Yeah, I love that part you talked about. Like, I'm sure that's a great recruiting tool, too, to be able to talk about being that there's a pro city right there. So everybody's coming through that you're on a big stage, right? And talk about this, because obviously you have a pro staff. You've been in the league, Larry, everybody on the staff. So talk about the what is the challenge to actually get these young men from the culture You've had NBA players there before. You guys have had talent. There's another step that Memphis basketball feels like it's taking right now. Staff-wise, player-wise, what is the next step culture-wise, you feel like, behind the scenes to kind of help put the program, not only just to the NCAA tournament, but Memphis wants to make a run and compete in Final Four's national championship. We just saw Houston from the same league go. So that's got to give some fuel to the Tiger and the Tiger fan base and the coaching staff to feel like, okay, why not us? No, absolutely. I think the big thing when you talk about culture, uh, the next word to me is standards, right? Because culture is really uh, a reflection of what your standards are. And standards are something that you have to meet daily, right? That's that, that, that standard is not an exception, right? You can't be great every third Wednesday of every odd month, right? That's not how it works because consistency – is greatness. And that's not just on the floor, what you're doing, making baskets that's off the floor. That's what you're doing in the community. That's how you're handling yourselves, uh, you know, in, in study hall in your academic requirements and all of those things. Right. So for us, when we talk about the next step, um, you know, the big difference of this team's makeup from my first year was the first year we brought in a lot of those freshmen, a big, you know, eight man freshman class and the returners were all sophomores. Right. So we did not have a calming veteran presence that first year. Right. We had a bunch of neophytes. Right. And so we had a bunch of kids who hadn't been through it. We tried to tell them what it was going to be like at Wichita State in a conference game. 
you know, when they've got, you know, 14,000 fans screaming in that 10 gymnasium where it all echoes and you can't hear a darn thing, <laughs> tell them about it. But it's one thing to have lived through it, been through it, right? And so now we've got with some veterans, right, with Landers, Nolly, Lester Quinones, DeAndre Williams, Alex Lomax, right? Those guys who have been here, been through the fire, been through, you know, all of the, the difficult times, but they've persevered. Now they can help kind of light that path for the next group to come uh, along, right? And so I think what we've done with this new group of freshmen that we brought in, outside of Jalen Durning and Imani Bates, the rest of them are all tremendous culture figures, yeah. guys who are already, you know, they're, they're, they're leaders in the classroom, right? They're, they're leaders in the community, and now they've got a group to follow. I think that's the perfect mix, right? So the best cultures are the ones – uh, that you don't have to talk about, right? Because right. it's the standard, right? It's not something we have to emphasize and it's not something we have to speak on, uh, but you have to defend it every day. And, you know, I think Coach Hardaway is really emphasizing that shift to make sure that everything we're doing is pointing in the right direction. Right. Yeah, well said. Um, I'm curious too, everybody talks about the venues to play in and what's one of the hardest places to play and what's one of the best fan bases. And Memphis is up there as one of the best. Describe it for those that don't know. Tell us a little bit about what it's actually like there, especially at a time like this. I mean, this season, uh, I think Sweeney's tweet might have been something about like, you know, it's going to be a movie or something. You know what I mean? So there's people that are talking about uh, this year's team and this year's culture. But overall, Memphis has an enormous fan base and following. What is it like there and what is it like there now with this team and the energy around the program? Yeah, I think ESPN definitely jumped the gun in doing their documentary series two years ago, right? Two years ago when I got here, I couldn't go anywhere without a microphone on because those guys were following us around everywhere. But um, no, I, this is the thing. It, it's, you know, they love basketball here. The Grizzlies are doing fantastic and they're they're off the charts and support is great from them as well. You know, but it really is a tiger town. I mean, if I'm, you know, out on him mowing my lawn, uh, you know, I'm out there for 30 minutes, right? People are going to drive by. Hey, let's go, coach. Let's go, coach. It's unbelievable how it's like a big city with this small town feel, right? right. Uh, conversely, that brings a lot of pressure, and pressure is a privilege. Right. But, you know, you lose three games in a row, you wonder if the barista spit in your coffee at Starbucks, right? <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot that comes with that right now. Um, you know, I, but I think, to be honest with you, the, the fans are so unbelievable. Uh, it's It's tremendous. I mean, Two years ago, we were ninth in the country in attendance. I didn't know what to expect. I went to my first Memphis Madness, right? And I was like, oh, my gosh, you talk about a movie. I mean, coach came in from the roof, and there was smoke, and then this year there were flames, and, you know, the whole deal was was uh, was unbelievable. You know, the only thing I would have swapped out is some of the rappers. If we could have gotten one Republican there, that would have been more my speed. But uh, it was a lot of fun, right? But the fans, they support all these kids, and I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and that support system is a lifetime, you know, it, think about it. Coach Hardaway obviously, obviously played here. Dwight Boyd, our director of player personnel played here. Yep. You take it back to Tony Matlock, who I was here with two years, yeah. played here. Uh, and, and now we've got GAs on staff. We've got Willie Kemp who played in that 2008 national championship game. We've got Jeremy Hunt who played for the Tigers, right? So it's really a once a tiger, always a tiger mentality. And uh, we just recently dedicated Larry Finch Plaza, and that was unbelievable. You know, Larry Finch was obviously a great player and a great coach at the University of Memphis. Yep. And, um, you know, now we've got a statue out in front of our practice facility to commemorate, you know, him as a leader on the floor of young men, him as a leader in the community, nice. him as a pillar 
you know, for college basketball and actually the merging of race relations here in Memphis, uh, you know, from back in the 60s. So there's so many cool things nice. that are going on around here. But you've got 85 year old grand ladies who know every single thing about the Tigers and you've got young 12 year old kids at middle school who just love the Tigers. So it's a beautiful town. And I know me and my family just feel like we are truly a part of it. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And uh, excited to see what the Tigers do this year. I, I got one player I want to ask about. I'm biased towards Texas. I'm from Texas. Uh, known as young man since he was young. Uh, coached against him when I was uh, in the Horizon League in Indiana. Uh, tell talk, talk about this young man. He's on the Carl Malone watch list um, as a power 40-year candidate. Everyone's talking about the new guys you have. But DeAndre Williams is one of the better returning players in college basketball. And if he hadn't been healthy all year, uh, it's probably a different outcome even for you guys last year. Talk a little bit about him and what he's like to coach, his development, and, and what you kind of see from him this year. Well, you know, I'm a little bit of a uh, of a basketball geek, as yeah, maybe everybody knows. Who knows? But, um, you know, from the <laughs> analytics perspective, <laughs> from the analytics perspective, Right. Uh, he loves this. He loves it. I've got a nickname for him. We call him the Green Lantern because literally all of his advanced statistics are green, green, green all the way across the board. Right. He was the best uh, had the best defensive rating uh, of any player in the country last year. He led our conference in steals. Right. His uh, defensive uh, plus minus was off the charts. It was incredible. And that doesn't even account the fact that if when I told you if I when I tell you this, that he's a career 45 percent three point shooter. I'm wow. sure that's going to blow your mind, right? He's got a little hitch in his shot, but he takes the right ones. Takes the right and ones. He makes the right ones, right? Um, he's a playmaker. He's a he's he's someone who can really a jack of all trades, play all across the board, right? Yep. He can switch. He can defend guards. He can lead the break when he gets the rebound. He can make timely shots, but he also almost averaged four assists a game. So we talk about the Green Lantern in terms of just basketball play. You know, this guy brings everything that you want. But in terms of, you know, emotional spirit, leadership, positivity, I think that's really where he, that is his greatest attribute. Right. Him and Rashid Wallace, boy, I'll tell you what, these two guys just have gravitated together. Because the spirit and the energy that they both bring is very similar. Yep. So I know when it comes to DeAndre, right, if we're talking about how he can grow, it's going to be from a leadership perspective. Not, not that he's not a positive voice, but – you know, he has a tendency to get so emotionally invested and hyped on one play that maybe he's forgetting about what we have to do next, right? right. And so, um, you know, him and Rashid have had great conversations about things like, hey, how can we get you locked in on our out-of-timeout stuff, right? Take it from the board to the floor and execute now and continue to bring all that great emotional spirit that you bring. But DeAndre is a special young fellow. His story is remarkable. And, uh, you know, going all the way from being out of basketball to, you know, to having a job at a supermarket, like the whole, it's unbelievable to getting back into basketball, to having that big game at Kentucky, to getting recruited by everybody, to then being forced to sit out to start last season, you know, to then being, you know, just our cornerstone on a, on a team that, you know, goes on a nice run and wins the NIT. So the story's already remarkable, but now you add this other talent in there with right. him. And I think he has a, a real chance to let the nation know and hear his story, which I'm really excited about for him. Yeah, I would agree. He, uh, I coached against him when I was at IUPUI. He was at Evansville. I want to say he might have missed two shots. He had like 30-plus, uh, 11 rebounds, so many assists, made two threes. And I'm talking to him after the game. I'm like, where did all this come from? He's like, yeah, Coach, I've been working. You know, he mm -hmm. loves the game, man. He loves the game. He loves the game. The Green Lantern. 
Love to see it. I love to see it. Um, so you got to tell us at least one funny story before you go. I know we're keeping you a little bit longer. It's always a pleasure to have C-Top. We'll have you on during the year, hopefully, at some point, too. But uh, would love to hear one funny story from either the player perspective. You told us a little bit about the coaching perspective and the staff. Give us one more funny one before you go. Well, there's a lot of them, right? <laughs> um, some of the some of the funniest. I mean, a lot of them have to do with Coach Brown um, because I spend I spend so much time with him. But Coach Brown has uh, his hearing aid connected to his phone, right? It's the best Bluetooth <laughs> in the country. I mean, his phone could be like miles away, and if anybody calls, it's going to arrive right here in his ear, right? So what we've been working on right now, so he just upgraded his iPhone, right, which just really threw things into a mess. And so we're, we, once we got to connect, we have to figure out how to silence it during practice. So for the last few practices, Coach Brown, right, is trying to, trying to coach and walk our guys through something. He's pointing something out. And then all of a sudden you hear him just like – it's almost like he's getting – something's happening and, he, and he's getting some kind of a static feedback. And, it's, and, and then he come to find out that people are calling him and sometimes he's trying to ignore the call, right? It's like, beam me up, Scotty. And sometimes he's accidentally answering the call. And so, you know, we're figuring out the whole technology thing as we go here. But, um, you know, the best part is it's incredible. I mean, heck, if I told him if he can figure out how to coach with like eight different people like talking in his ear right there, that's just that's incredible. It shows that he is not hey, he he is cold blooded because he's seen it all right, whether it's late game ATO game seven NBA finals type stuff. He's already drawn it up and been through it. So, you know, nothing phases him, but you know, we're having a blast every day and uh, you know, uh, God willing, it'll spill over onto the floor and, and, you know, working hard to have a great season. So I definitely appreciate you guys uh, having me on and, and uh, appreciate everybody who supports the Tigers. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I'm going to steal one more. So what's, what's one thing before you go um, that you would want people to know about this basketball team outside of the talent, Outside of just like, hey, we're the Memphis Tigers. We got the number one recruiting class. We're ranked 12. What's something you would want people to actually know about this team specifically? How much they care about each other, right? Because the true testament of a real team, right, is when you care so much right. that you're happier when somebody else does something, right, than even when you do something for yourself. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing that I'm taking away from these guys, to have this amount of talent and then have no egos and have everybody treating each other uh, in a way that says, hey, listen, I care about you. I'm going to do something for you today. I right. think that's the separator, right? Because that's when true team chemistry takes over. And so, you know, hopefully we can continue to get that to spill over. Usually what I've found is when guys like each other, it reflects in the assist category, no right? Doubt. So we had 30 and 22 in our first. 20 has always been our goal. As long as we're moving that direction and playing dominoes, I think good things will happen. No doubt. Yeah, when you have talent and you have unselfishness, selflessness, type behavior uh, on the floor pretty special on top of that and you got a few guys that know a thing about two about the game coaching so i think you guys are going to be all right so uh no kevin you got anything last and then we'll let uh cody get back to it now nah, man we appreciate you uh appreciate you hopping on with us like 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 b said we're definitely gonna have to call you back during the season especially if it if it goes the way a lot of people i think are, are hoping it will for for this group but uh well good, good hopefully chat. the end of Hopefully the end of this is like the ending of a secession episode because it keeps you coming back for more. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we got to see what happens next. Yes, great way to end on. Great one to end on. And then we also got to ask, what did Coach Brown think about the last episode of Ted Lasso? We got to know that. We will. We will, We're we're going to find out. I'm going to set up a nice little date with him and Jeremy. They'll get that taken care of pretty soon. Pretty soon, no doubt. That's awesome. Well, appreciate you, C Top.
Thanks, guys. There you have it. Cody Toppert, assistant coach from Memphis. Uh, one of the best absolute basketball minds in the country, hands down. If you can't see that from a few minutes watching him talk, uh, you need to probably learn more about basketball. But uh, their staff is star-studded uh, as far as uh, experience, NBA experience, championships, winning pedigree. Uh, you can't get more than that. Their players are bringing the pedigree with the talent uh, across the board. Um, you know, we didn't talk about Lomas. I think he's a preseason uh, watch list player for his position as well uh, at the guard spot. Just a lot of returning talent, a lot of incoming talent, a lot of great um, leadership on the bench, and it sounds like some selflessness. So tell us a little bit of your takeaways before we uh, close shop today. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm sixth in the country, so I'm a little bit more bullish than the AP poll, which has been 12th. I think, you know, for I, I think the staff is a is a key component in that. You know, the, the big question mark, quite frankly, has been their offense. You know, every yeah. year under Penny, it has not, you know, if you just like kind of look, kind of look at the metrics like Ken Palm and stuff, and I think right. CT would be one of the first people to agree with this. Like, they haven't done what they've needed to do. Uh, and, and so, you know, especially when you're putting the ball in the hands of a 17-year-old who's likely to play point guard a lot of the time for them. You know, that's that's right. that's the plan. That's something they sold Imani on was you know, he's going right. to be like Penny Hardaway. And Penny Hardaway right. had the ball in his hands quite a bit. So, yes, he did. Uh, you know, there will be some, I think, early challenges as they work their way through it. But the talent and the potential is sky high. And when you have a group that is as bought in as this group seems to be, it's hard to believe in my mind that they won't be, you know, really, really good. And and when you have the wealth of experiences to fall back on from Penny's playing experience to, you know, yep. Larry Brown's coaching experience and Rashid's playing experience, I think that'll help the players as well. So, I think they're they're going to be a really fun team to watch. Like I mentioned earlier, the schedule is good. They, you know, again playing the AAC is tough from like a quad one game standpoint. I think yep. uh, Top was good at uh, at saying them the the kindest way possible. Uh, now that he's not here, we can be a little bit more more direct about it. Like, yeah, like the league has not been as good, and you're going to miss out on opportunities because of that. But you know, for them to yep. go out and play Tennessee, I tell you what, December 18th in Nashville. At Bridgestone yep. Arena, Tennessee, Memphis, that atmosphere is going to be crazy. And it was crazy two years ago when Rick Barnes and, and Penny kind of got into a little bit. Uh, I, I, I would love to. I would love to be at that game. We're we're still mapping out the December schedule, uh, but yeah, that would be that would be fun. We have to do that. I might I might be right there next to you on that one. That would be worth going to. Man, Man. but yeah, he, yeah, I love I love chatting with. Top, he's a, he's a big time guy. I think a guy who'll be a head coach sooner rather than later. Whether that be, you know, hope I, I think in college he'd be an outstanding college coach. Um, yep. you know, whether that's he's obviously been a head coach in the G League, yeah, Not exactly. A head coach in the G League, but college would definitely be great for him. But go ahead, yeah, he, he's big time. Nobody watches more film. His uh, his text lists are legendary. If folks getting film oh, texts yeah. and like. Friday afternoons, like he is a usually, different it's usually, every, it's usually every Friday drop. I'm on the list. Every, I'm on the list as well. It's big time. It's unreal. Uh, you get like sitting there like mid-August, Friday afternoon. Jokic tape. Here you go. Like, <laughs> the I Jokic Friday things. Uh, <laughs> but he, yeah. he's a legend and big time coach and a big time communicator, understands what he wants. And you know, I think like it, it's funny. He, he's you know, I, I I got a little heat from from people who who know him when I tweeted the like Larry Brown, Rasheed Wallace, Penny Hardaway, Jalen Duran in my base. Like you forgot one member of the staff. I was like, 
Yeah, Cody Tofford ain't like the name that those dudes are. But as a coach, he's on the way. He's on the way 100%. He's as good as it gets. He's going to be – he's an elite basketball mind, elite basketball coach. He will definitely get his opportunity again to be a head coach. Uh, in the meantime, I think that they have the perfect storm. You know, it takes – it took some time. I mean, Kelvin Sampson in Houston, we talked about them. It took some time for them to get where they were, a Final Four team and winning the American the way that they have. He didn't do it right away. Uh, and same with Penny Hardaway. I think he's finally kind of got the perfect storm of a mix of returners, uh, elite high school talent, uh, along with the staff of complimentary parts, right? Larry Bryan will bring um, – I'm pretty sure their practices and their film sessions, as uh, Cody talked about a little bit, just as the staff is on a is on a high, high level. Not that they weren't good before, but I think it's just perfect timing, perfect storm for everything they have going in Memphis. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely must-see TV. I don't know if there's a team – that's more compelling and a program to watch from the staff to the players to the personnel uh, than this program. So it'll be a lot of fun. We appreciate Cody taking the time. And uh, Sweeney has him six for a reason. Sweeney's usually right about these things. So we're going to find out. Yes, sir. We will. That's all we got for today. And always find us uh, right here, www gettheaccess.com is coming soon if you haven't heard it's coming soon so we're working on the website yep it's gonna be fun but in the meantime you know where to find us on youtube live stream we'll see you soon thank you for joining us and welcome to the all access network be sure to follow share and stay connected with us on twitter facebook and instagram Subscribe and hit that notification bell on our YouTube channel. And don't forget to write your story, leave your mark, and create your legacy.